Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week we heard the first part of Mark chapter 13. And you remember remember how it started out? Jesus is walking out of the temple and his disciples are looking around at the beauty of Jerusalem. And one of them says, how wonderful are these buildings? And Jesus says... They're all coming down. It's all going to be destroyed. And a bit later, some of the disciples come to Jesus privately and they say, well, when will these things be? What will be the sign that this is about to be accomplished? Now, we heard that first part last week, but we're going to continue where we left off this week i got to give you a heads up, though, because this section can get a little confusing as Jesus speaks of two different events. Jesus speaks of the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, which culminates in 70 AD after a lengthy siege. But also he speaks of his final coming, the last day, that day that we call Judgment Day, when Jesus returns. So we've got to keep those things straight as we go through this text. Now, in verses 14 through 23, Jesus describes just how bad it's going to be in Jerusalem when the fall of Jerusalem happens. Jesus says, But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, then then let those who are in Judea Flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, nor enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for the women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been seen from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all these things beforehand. Jesus tells his disciples just how bad it's going to be with the fall of Jerusalem. It will be bad, very bad, so bad, it's going to feel like the end of the world. Uh, Flavius Josephus, that Jewish historian who tells us a lot about those events of the first century A.D., describes the fall of Jerusalem in great detail, and he writes of bodies stacked in the streets. He writes of human beings so starved to death that they're, they're actually hoping to be killed by the sword so that their suffering can be put to an end. He writes of absolutely horrible misery and suffering. Jesus, in these verses, says, if you see Jerusalem's about to fall, 
Run for the hills. <laughs> don't go back. Don't go try to gather your possessions. Just get out of there. You don't want to be in Jerusalem when this happens. And no doubt those who listened to the words of Jesus were glad that they did. Now, our reading for today picks up in verse 24 when Jesus says, but after those days, but, but in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the sun will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. But in those days, after that tribulation, Jesus says. Notice, Jesus speaks of these, these events as coming after the destruction of Jerusalem. And what does Jesus say is going to happen in those days? The sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the, suns will, uh, the stars will fall from the heavens, the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Now, does this sound like something you might miss? <laughs> Something that, oh, well, I, I, I think Jesus may have returned. Uh, no, you're not going to miss this. This is going to be so obvious that it can't be missed. And it all culminates with the return of the king, the son of man, Jesus, coming in the clouds with power and glory. And then he sends out his holy angels. And what does it say? He, they gather the elect from the, the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And I love this image. Those who died trusting in Christ are gathered to Christ. Bodies and souls reunited in the resurrection of the dead and those bodies, where, wherever they are, right? Buried at sea. Those bodies that were eaten by wild animals. Bodies that were burned up. Bodies that were riddled with disease, bodies that decomposed long ago, all of those bodies are gathered back up, restored to complete health, perfect bodies, immortal bodies, and body and soul reunited, and all of the, the, the holy angels, they gather them together, bring them to Jesus to live with him in everlasting bliss. Now, in verses 28 through 36, Jesus uses an illustration of the fig tree to say, okay, you wanted to know what the signs are that this is going to happen? Well, look at the fig tree, right? You know it's going to be summertime when uh, it starts to sprout its leaves and, and starts to grow. Well, what, what are the signs that Jesus might be returning? And he says, well... You're going to have people claiming to be me. And you're going to see the fall of Jerusalem. Well, we have had the fall of Jerusalem. And we've had plenty of people claiming to be the Christ. So when could Christ return? All of those signs have already been accomplished. What does this mean? Well, the end is near. The end is near. We don't know when. Could be today. Could be tomorrow. 
near for the Lord could be another thousand years or so, right? We don't know, but we know that everything's prepared for his coming. The signs are there to show us, live your lives being prepared because Christ is coming soon, whatever that means for the Lord. Now, remember, all of this started out when Jesus spoke of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. But now listen to what Jesus says in verses 30 and 31. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all of these these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. (laughs) Jesus escalates things, doesn't he? Not just the temple, not just Jerusalem. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. Everything's going to be gone. Does he really mean that? Yeah, he does. All of creation will be destroyed, and then it will be made new again. This is our last week in, the, in Mark. Uh, year B in the three-year lectionary goes through Mark. Remember, though, going all the way back to the beginning, when we started to go through the book of Mark in year B, Mark is Peter's gospel. Remember, Peter was the one who really uh, informs Mark of these things. It's, it's really Mark writing down Peter's eyewitness accounts. And Peter was there to hear these words from Jesus. And then he later explains them to us in more detail in his second epistle. This is what uh, Peter writes in Second uh, Peter chapter 3 says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to this promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. A new heaven and a new earth. See, this is what we're looking forward to. This is what we are anticipating. We're not merely hoping that things will marginally improve in this life and that things will just kind of be better than they were. We know strife and struggle will come. We know that our bodies will grow old and weak and we will die. But, as we talked about last week, we are living with eternity in mind. We look forward to the day of Christ's return, and we live with that day at the forefront of our thinking. Every time we pray, come Lord Jesus, we're praying for Jesus to return. Every time we come to the Lord's Supper, we should do so in the hopes that it's the very last time that we come to the Lord's Supper here because we're going to be joined with him in the heavenly banquet in eternity. 
Every time we come to worship, we should hope it's the last time that we gather here because we will be gathered together with all of the saints in glory. This, the last Sunday of the church year, reminds us of uh, that the things of this world, they're all passing away. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was wrecked. Those who... Those disciples who came to Jesus saying, when are these things going to happen? They've long since died. This church building will one day be destroyed. Our houses, they're not going to stand. Our bodies, unless the Lord returns first, our bodies will die and decompose. But that's not the end. Because of Jesus, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Just as we say in the Nicene Creed, right? We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let me end with this. In verse 31, Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The Lutheran reformers picked up on this promise of Jesus with the symbol VDMA, which is the the Latin verbum domini manet in eternum, which is the word of the Lord endures forever. Some of the officials and soldiers had that symbol sewn on the, the sleeve of their shirts as a reminder that they might lose everything, their property, their wealth, even their lives. But what they had in Christ That could never be taken away. Heaven and earth could pass away, but the promises they had in Christ, that could never pass away. Same is true for you. No matter what happens, no matter what you're going through, in Christ you have the promise that can never be taken from you. Promises that are sure and certain, more sure and certain than the sun Rising in the morning. Because there will come a day when that doesn't happen anymore. But the eternal life we have in Christ, that, that will never end. The word of the Lord endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.